Growing a small business has never been easy. So, how can we build our companies and shortcut the learning curve? By getting advice from the people who've done it before. Everything you need to grow your business is right here. I'm Simon Lader. Welcome to the conference room. Good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. I'm joined today by Eli Delaney, who is the co-founder of Purple Night Marketing. They help entrepreneurs discover the tools, technology and systems to automate their sales and to go from surviving to thriving in their industry. Eli has taught thousands of students all over the world as a speaker and a trainer. He's the co-author and Amazon bestseller of Marketing Tidbits, 50 Quick and Easy Ways to Grow Your Business the author of Networking Tidbits, 25 Ways to Connect, Grow and Succeed Through Networking, and created a best-selling training course, Networking Like a Rockstar, which to date has over 1,350 students around the world. And I'm delighted to say Eli has given up some of his very valuable time to join us here in the conference room. Eli, good afternoon and welcome to the conference room. Well, thank you so much for having me here, Simon. It's my pleasure to be here. And I love talking about this stuff. I mean, in, in my bio, you talk about the networking, but networking really is everything we do in our marketing because the people that we meet take us anywhere we need to go. And that's kind of the core of everything that I believe in. That's great. And I'm really looking forward to digging in with you to learn more about that. But before we do, every hero has an origin story and you're the hero of our story. So tell me, how did you get from humble beginnings to being the co-founder of Purple Night Marketing and teaching thousands of students around the world and 1,350 students in your networking like a rock star? So I've got a couple of stories. My first origin story, I was in the rock and roll world. I started off as a musician, had this funny thing called stage fright that got me out of being on stage. Lo and behold, we fast forward and I became a speaker. I'm still not sure how that, that one actually <laughs> happened, but I did that for quite a while, had a blast with it, but then I had to move on to other things. My boss at the time, I got out of the performance side, got to behind the scenes. And unfortunately, my boss, it was rock and roll. So, you know, we had those sex drugs and rock and roll and he had recreational habits that affected my paycheck. So it was time to move on. And that led me to getting to work for a small computer shop in Phoenix, Arizona. I started off as a tech building computers, and we also were an internet provider, meaning that we had dial-up service at the time. Now, some people may not even know what dial-up service is because Nowadays, high speed is pretty much everywhere, but we were actually some of the early adopters of the 56K modems when nobody really knew what those were yet. And I learned the ins and outs of how that stuff worked. And then we had people coming to us saying, can you host a website for us? We're like, oh yeah, we can do that. Cool. Can you design a website for us? And that's where they're like, um, hmm, we're going to have to think about that one. And luckily, I had a little bit of design background, not much at the time, but I took it on myself to learn HTML. And I realized that I learned it, I got it, was working for me, except for the fact that at the time you have to also learn how to do graphics because the whole point of a website is to have some pretty pictures to go with it. I picked up a early copy of Photoshop and fell in love with it. And that was the birth of what ended up being my first company, which was Web and Graphic Design Agency out of Phoenix, Arizona. Wow. And how did we go from that to your passion in networking and sales automation and all the really cool stuff? Yeah. So that company, I ended up 
up growing it from myself working out of my dining room to opening up an office. I had five employees and we're closing three to five contracts a week, all in within a 20 mile radius of our house. I opened up the office. So we had that. And then I realized as things were going, we're growing and people wanted to be able to update their own websites to do basic things. You know, obviously we wanted to take care of it all for them, but if they want to change the price on a page, they didn't want to pay us 50 bucks to do that. They want to just go in and do it themselves, which is totally understandable. So I started building classes and started doing classes to teach people just the basics, not the complicated stuff, but the basic stuff. And they were super popular. We filled up every single month and I realized I actually had a lot of fun with it. Also, as I was growing that business, I realized I didn't like having staff. I didn't like having to get up and go to an office every day. I didn't like being a boss of a bunch of people. And what I did love was the teaching side. And of course, because of the babysitting people part, I also realized I wanted to figure out a better way to do it. And that's where automation started coming into play because I found out I am a horrible boss, but if I can set up a robot to do the job for me, that's perfectly fine because we don't have to have a conversation about it. <laughs> Reality is, you know, fast forward. I love the speaking side. I love coaching and teaching people, but the rest of everything we do is automated behind the scenes. And that's what we help our clients do because we want to make sure that if you're working with somebody or you're growing your business and you've got a task that needs to be done, you want to make sure that it's done and it's done right. And the easiest way to do that, if it's possible, is to put a tool in place. And we have a lot of technology in today's world to help with this. We're literally will say, do this thing this way on this day. And you don't have to worry about it getting sick, calling in, having an excuse, being late for work that day, freelancing on your time, any of that kind of stuff. It just works. It just does its thing. And so that's kind of where I fell in love with this. And we've been doing this for over 15 years now, and I love it. Great stuff. So first off, you've actually answered a little bit of my next question anyway, but I'm going to ask it so you can maybe elaborate a little bit more. Okay? okay. When you go to your clients, what are the hallmarks that you see of clients that desperately need automation? So number one, they're overwhelmed. In today's world, especially in today's world with the digital age becoming what it has become, there are a million different things you can do. And people are talking about, you need to have, you know, putting in content in these 150 different places and you need to be emailing people all the time and you need to be having conversations. You need to do Facebook lives and yada, yada, yada. It just goes on forever. And most people, when I get a hold of them, they're overwhelmed, they're overworked. And most importantly, they're having that spot of, I need to have help, but A, I have a hard time finding somebody I can afford and B, I have a hard time finding somebody who's reliable. And there's a lot of those kind of tasks that not everything, but there's a lot of tasks out there that we do on a day-to-day -day basis that we don't even realize they can be automated. And more importantly, when it comes to the automation, a lot of people shy away from that because I work with a lot of coaches and consultants that are very high touch. They have strong relationships with their clients and they don't want to lose that. So they're afraid of the automation side because they think they're going to high tech means losing the high touch. And it's exactly the opposite. What it does is it helps you leverage your message, your communication to impact more people at a time and open up the dialogues, which is really the part that can't be outsourced. It can't be automated, but a real conversation, two-way street, that's what you want to spend more time on. To be perfectly honest, that's what most people love spending more time on. Right, no, absolutely. So what would you say are the primary steps that somebody would need to take in order to sort of make? And perhaps before we even go there, do you want to give a kind of an overview summary for people who don't necessarily understand or know 
know what sales automation or sales and marketing automation, what it is. Okay. Uh, What does that look like? What does a successful, maybe a company that's had the benefit of your expertise for a period of time and they've got it Mm -hmm. dialed in. What does that look like? Okay. So one thing that most people are familiar with, especially if you're in the online space, you understand the word funnels. Sadly, it's a term I consider it's become bastardized because everybody does funnels nowadays, but it is the beginning of a relationship. That's where whether you're running Facebook ads or maybe you're a speaker and you're meeting people that you're speaking in front of, whether virtual or in person, maybe you do podcasts, maybe you do actually other advertising in other places, but you're getting people to you somehow. So you're getting eyeballs to come to your sandbox. And once you do that, you know, in a lot of term situations, people see a funnel could be an opt-in for a webinar. It could be a freebie, like a book or a digital three video course or whatever. There's a lot of different things you can do. I personally like checklists because they're short, sweet, easy to consume and easy to create. But then you get them into your sandbox and the idea is to have them stick around and want to play. That, those are your clients. What ends up happening is most people drop the ball at that point. It's kind of, you know, in the sales world, they used to call it the buy or die methodology where somebody comes in and if they're not ready to give you a credit card right then, next one, let's move on. And the thing that we don't, that I see so many people missing the boat on is that 90% of the people that you meet aren't ready to buy today for whatever reason. That might be because you didn't sell them the way that they wanted to hear it. Maybe they don't need your product today. Maybe they honestly don't have the money today, but you never know what could happen next week, next month, and next year, or even in the next decade. Great example of that. I have somebody who it was on September 16th of 2020. Gentleman emails me and he replies back to one of my emails, which was automated by the way, and says, Hey, Eli, I want to thank you for all the help you've given me for the last couple of years. I've been on your list for a couple of years now, and you've helped me grow my business. Like you wouldn't even believe my son is opening up a construction company. And I was wondering if you might be able to help us with some marketing stuff. And of course that opens up a dialogue. So that's a real conversation started from an automated email that was part of a system that just ran. There's two things I want to share with us that make this so powerful though. First thing is I look in my CRM system to my customer relationship manager to see, okay, who is this person? How long have they actually been in my list? What does quote unquote a couple of years mean? He had actually seen me speak in person in Scottsdale, Arizona, July 3rd, 2010. So 10 years and three months later, he's coming back to me to refer his son's business to me. He had actually bought from me that very first day, had been in my system all this time. He bought one of my courses. So we didn't have a high interaction from us talking a lot, but he was on my list. He was getting these emails. And here's the fun thing about it was the email that he received had been written as part of my automated sequence six years prior. He happened to go through the system, right place, right time for the right message that caught his attention to say, let me hit reply and ask Eli a question. But that email took me maybe five minutes to write and it has worked for me over, at this point, over six years. I built it once, I let it run forever. I have my first version of my big campaign, which by the way, my campaign runs for over three years automatically. And just for the record, kind of little hidden behind the scenes secret part that I share with people in situations like this only is that when people get to the end, I start back at the beginning again, because at three years, they're not gonna remember what I'm doing. 
or what I'm doing is I'm sharing tips, tricks, resources, and touching base on a regular basis for this entire time. So they never forget who I am. Does so how often sense? are you emailing people? For my list, it's roughly a week. Okay. By the way, that's not a cut in stone. I know people who actually email every single day and right. do well with it. I know some people that if they emailed every day, they would burn their list in a heartbeat. Some people will go as a month. I would say month is the worst, worst, worst case. Don't ever go that. A week is usually good. And when I say a week, by the way, I'm saying anywhere between five and nine or 10 days. Right. Not seven days. Don't mail every Monday because if you mail every Monday, people aren't stupid. They're going to see that. They're going to notice. Now, wait a minute. It's every single Monday that, that Simon's sending me this. It's got to be a newsletter type of thing. You kind of want to be consistently inconsistent is what I like to call it. Right. I've heard you say elsewhere that you can, I think the quote I've seen from you is that you get hit by a bus today and still sell stuff for the next three years. Right? Yes. Which is a great. That is my of- running joke. <laughs> right. So does that mean you've got like an email sequence of 150 emails, you know, one a week for three years? Yep. So you've literally got like somewhere in your email sequence, there are 150 emails that are ready yes. to go and we'll just yep. keep cycling through. And that's just it is that it is all these emails are in place. There are, by the way, one thing that's really important with this is they're not all pitches. They're not all offers. A lot of it, most of it is just adding some kind of value, letting people know that I actually do care about them. And when I talk about these, yes, there's stuff that I have written in the past, but as a great example is I have this book here and I keep this on my desk because it's a great tool. The Go-Giver by Bob Burke. Okay. Now, if you have not read this book, I highly recommend you pick it up. It's a thin book. It'll take you a couple hours in an afternoon on a weekend to read. This book is about adding value and how to come from a place of giving first and how basically karma will come back for you just knowing that it will. This is a amazing book. I highly recommend this. I talk about it to all of my people, all of my clients. I talk about it on shows like this almost all the time because it is a great example of the type of things we're talking about. I have probably sold thousands of these books for Bob and you know, I don't get anything out of it. I do it purely because it's an amazing book. I highly recommend it, but it shows a point. I can write an email that says, hey there, have you read The Go-Giver yet? This is an amazing book. This is why I like it and put in two or three sentences of why I like it, pretty much similar to what I just told you right now. And like, here's a link on Amazon, check it out, read it this weekend and email me back and let me know what you think. I'd love to hear your thoughts, okay? So that book I was doing this manually to people. When people I'm having conversations with them, I'm like, you know what? Have you read The Go-Giver by Bob Berg? This is a really good book. I would recommend you check it out. And I started having this conversation over and over and over and over again. And then I realized, why am I having this conversation all the time when I can just share that same gold nugget with everybody without having to repeat myself all the time? And so I just wrote it into an email and goes into a sequence and everybody We'll get that at some point. And I do this with a lot of books. You can do this with books. You can do this with videos. You find good motivational stuff. If you're familiar with like Simon Sinek's Start With Why, that video is TED Talk. That's one of my favorite ones. And I have a whole story that I share behind that. And I write it in this email. It's not very long. It's, you know, half a page worth of stuff. So it takes me five minutes to write, but then I put it in the sequence and then people get this. And when people come into my world from seeing me, like they opt into a webinar I'm doing, they buy a program from me, they see me speak on stage, whatever it is, they're going to go into what I call the ultimate follow-up system. And that's the system that builds that for me is over three years long. And it shares tidbits of stuff every single week. And then in between every once in a while, there's sprinkles of, Hey, by the way, we haven't talked for a while. 
you know, here's what I've got going on right now. If you would like to see how my team and I can help you, let's have that conversation. You see how the feeling of that is much more personal than somebody who pitches you their crap every week? Because mm. that's what so many people do. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I mean, I way to get unsubscribed from as well. At least, yeah, in it's like I would imagine an email that comes from you is going to be much more warmly received because it's like, oh, I wonder what interesting oh, tip that Eli's going to be sending me. You know, I, wonder I what... it is amazing how this works. It's such a simple process, and I have a formula to it. The way that it really works, I do have a formula to it. But on the most simplistic scale, these kind of communications are opening up a dialogue. Okay, it's not a monologue. It's not a here's what I. I have for sale this week. Here's a promo. As a matter of fact, I got somebody who emails me quite regularly. And I literally, from this person, I got two pitches today for two different products. It is just, how are you not burning your list? Because I know that when I get emails from this person, I actually very rarely open them. As a matter of fact, she actually rarely sends legit emails that are real communications. And when she'd get them, a lot of times I ignore them because I figured they're probably just another pitch. And then she sends me a message on Facebook going, hey, did you get my emails? I'm like, I've gotten 500 of them from you and I haven't watched any of them because they're all garbage. Well, no, I sent you this one. It was a question that I needed answered. And I was like, oh, well, if you didn't send me 500 junk ones, I would read the real good one, you know? And that's kind of what happens. A lot of people, that's all they're doing. They're in pitch mode all the time where they should be in relationship mode, conversation mode. And that's where we can use technology. We have the tools. Most of us have the software that can do this stuff already. If you have an autoresponder system like, you know, Keep, Infusionsoft, Aweber, HubSpot, I mean, there's hundreds of them that are out there. If you have one of these platforms already, which chances are you probably do, then you can do this. But the key is change the conversation, change the words. And it is all, I heard this from somebody else and I don't remember where I got this from. So I apologize that I can't give credit where credit is due with it. But the term, it's not about the technology. It's about the psychology. Think about when you get an email, what are the type of things that get you to look at that email, click to open it, actually read it and be interested in having a conversation with that person. Because if you're sending stuff, if you can look at that and go, well, this doesn't have this, this doesn't have that, that doesn't have that, but why don't my emails get opened? You just answered it. Because you've got to have that kind of stuff. Look at what you pay attention to. What do you like? If you have your best friend sends you an email, are you going to open it up? Probably. I would hope so. Right. People in your audience, no matter who that is and how big they are, you want them to feel like you're their friend. And that is what makes the difference. Right. No, that's fascinating. So clearly email marketing is playing a big part in sales automation and yeah. having an automated process. One, just one quick question on that. So yeah. you've got this pre-built sequence of 150 mm -hmm. emails. All right. And I'm sure they weren't all written. You didn't, you didn't sort of squirrel yourself away for three weeks and write 150 emails, right? No. You probably wrote the first 10, 20, started it going, yep. the next five. And then on any given day, you might think, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea for an email. And then you go to the keyboard. How do you slot that in? Does it just go to the next one in the line? Yes. So that's how it's actually set up. It's very straightforward. First and foremost, no, I did not build three years worth of stuff in a weekend. I did it over time. And right. here's the magic to it. First and foremost, when I built this originally, I didn't have the formula that I have now. So the formula is what I help clients with. It speeds up the process massively to be able to do it this way. But when I started out, what I did was I would spend a couple hours. I'd go to a coffee shop, go there, grab coffee, grab breakfast, sit in a corner, get 
get kind of comfortable, put on my headphones and start writing. And I would write six emails. And then a month later, I would come back and I would do the same thing again. And I put on my calendar every month, once a month, I would put anywhere between, you know, two to four hours, depending on what it was. As I did more, I got better and faster. And again, like I said, this was all before I had the formula for creating all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And what I would do is if you do it once a month, but you only write six emails at a time, you're now two weeks ahead. And then when you come back to do the next one, you're already two weeks ahead, but you write six more emails. So now you're four weeks ahead. The next month you come in, you write six more emails. Now you're six weeks ahead. So you're a month and a half and you just keep doing that. And I did that to the point where next thing I knew, I stopped. I'm like, well, how many do we even have in here? And my partner who actually put it into the CRM system is like, well, you could not write anything for the next year. Wow. Okay. So you make sure they're evergreen, that they don't date because you're not referring to, oh, here's something I saw. Because a lot of emails that I see that come from people who I think like to think of themselves as emailing experts, very often you'll see, oh, did you see the Emmys last night? Mm -hmm. And that'll be the title. And then there'll be something about whatever the subject matter is that refers back to the Emmys or refers mm-hmm. back to the Olympics or something else. I would imagine that wouldn't work with this kind of format because I'm not going to respond to, oh, didn't so-and-so do well in the Olympics when 18 months ago. Right. So here's the thing with that. Number one is I go for as much evergreen as possible. So those can be automated and we have, don't have to worry about it. But then what I will do is those kind of emails can go above and beyond the automated process and can be time-based, event-based kind of stuff. There's nothing wrong with that. The problem is that most people, that is their entire thing. And so if something happens, you get sick, you get bored, you're having a bad week and just don't want to mess with anything. If you don't do it, nothing goes out. But by putting the system, like the ultimate follow-up system in place, which is what we do, then if something like that happens, you know the world is still working for you. Your business is still working behind the machines. The minions are working, you know, and that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for do no work and everything just happened. I mean, obviously that's a goal to some degree, but there are going to be situations where you have a timely type of situation or something that just sparks your interest and you want to share it. then obviously you're not going to write that and stick at the end of your sequence because somebody may not get that for a year or two years or however far you go on your system. But what you do want to do is make sure that you have this stuff in place, working and functional. So when you get those sparks of inspiration that are time-based, you're good to go. But if something happens and you can't or just don't feel like doing it, your business doesn't stop. Right. It still works behind the scenes. And so we're not talking about an either or situation. It's an and. But the idea is you set this down as a baseline and you don't have to do those if you don't want to. If you want to, that's perfectly fine. But like I have times where I'll just get an inspiration and I want to do something. I've literally gone like a year where I just didn't have anything specific that I wanted to share, but I didn't have to worry about it because the rest of it's still working. Right. Okay. So email marketing is obviously the starting point or the initial beginnings of these conversations. Okay. But how do we automate from that into sales? So a couple of different things with that. Number one, some of these, well, first and foremost, let's, let's back up just a little bit. All of them are designed to start a conversation. Right. So here's the fun thing about it. If we do our jobs right as marketers, people know who we are and what we do. Okay. So that's just kind of a given. If you're doing your job right, people know what you do, Mm -hmm. but you don't have to shove it down their throat. Right. And so by doing this kind of stuff, it's no different than the gentleman that emailed me about his son's company. That email had nothing to do with what he asked for related to his son's company. 
Mm. It was just a perfect place, perfect time. And he knew that I might be able to help him out. So he asked. Right. Now that opened up a dialogue. Okay. That's the first and foremost. That's like the baseline level is people will buy from you when they are ready. If you've convinced them that you are the right person to do the job and they're ready to do it. Okay. Those two things are really what matters. And what most people do is they focus on buy today, buy today, buy today. You're not going to buy today, then go away. It's like they, they don't care. They don't pay any attention. And so if we put this in a place where I'm here and I'm just adding value and sharing things, then you're not going to forget about me. You already know what I do. That's easy. But here's the thing with that is simple questions, like send an email that says, Hey there, it's been a while. I just want to check in and see how you're doing. What kind of projects are you working on? Super short, sweet to the point. Anybody watching this can do that right now. Go send it to your audience. See what happens. You'll be shocked at the results. I have a client who said we actually have, again, I have some things a little bit more structured, but we actually wrote a three email campaign for her designed with the fact we were going to have the first one and then two other ones to follow up. If we, she didn't hear from people just saying, Hey, I just, I just want to check in with you, make sure everything's okay. Did you get my last email? This first one goes out. She had not followed up with people for a while. So she knew that there was a problem there. So we created what I like to call the, I'm a slacker campaign mm -hmm. or the bring them back campaign is what I officially call it. But I like to call it the slacker campaign. And it really starts off with the subject line is I'm such a slacker. Okay. So now you're grabbing somebody's attention right out of the gate. And then the email basically says, Hey, I haven't stayed in touch with you the way I really should do it. And I promise to do better. I want to check in, see what you're up to and see if there's anything I can do to help you out. That's the entire email. There is no next line of, and by the way, if you want to buy my stuff, go here. Do not add that line. Okay. So many people will screw that part up right there. Leave that part out. It's just a simple, what are you working on? How can I help you? That's it. This person, this gal, when we put this campaign in place, three emails, she emails me at the end of the first day and says, Hey, like, we need to stop the campaign. I'm like, why? She goes, because I got a 100% response and I've got people that are asking for proposals. Awesome. So we stopped the campaign. By the end of the week, she did over $12,000 in sales. Whew. One email, not selling anything. Wow. You see how powerful this is? That's extraordinary. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. Because you know how many times I say that and people don't do anything with it? The fun thing is I've given similar ideas to several people. I had one gentleman just recently. I, I talked to him, I think on a Thursday, Friday morning, I wake up and he emails me. So he's East Coast, I'm West Coast in the US. And so he said he emailed at eight o'clock in the morning for him. I get the email at eight o'clock my time. And he says, holy wow, Eli, I've already had 20 responses to this email. By the end of the week, he had one new client paying him $500 a month on a retainer. One email. That's great. Okay. Now, what we do is we look at that bigger picture because everything that I'm sharing with you, by the way, these are just literally just a, okay, here's a nugget, run with it. This is just the tip of the iceberg. And so when you start putting this stuff in place, what ends up happening is that you have a better relationship with your prospects and your clients. They actually trust you, which means when they're ready for you, they will come back to you and talk. And if they're not ready for you, but they find somebody else that is, they will refer business to you. I have people that I have known for close to 20 years that still send me business, but they've never become clients because they didn't feel like they were ready for me for whatever reason. And to be perfectly honest, it doesn't matter what the reason is. They weren't ready for me, but they knew somebody who was, and they were referred business to me. 
I'm okay with that because I know when I play this game, my game is I'm here for you when you're ready. It could be next week, next month, next year, or a decade later, like the guy, other gentleman I was talking about a minute ago. That's amazing. And, and you're right. It, I think people underestimate just how powerful this is. And those uh, examples you've given, I think really illustrate it, which is amazing. So Eli, what's next for you and for the business? For me, there's a couple of different things. I mean, nothing phenomenal, next level kind of stuff. For me, it's even more simplification of the things that I do. I am getting ready to launch my own podcast. So, you know, that's going to be something that'll be happening very soon. I've actually just barely started locking in interviews for it. So that's going to be out there. It's going to be the Meet Cool People podcast because the cool thing about everything that I do is my systems, my business, my process, what I teach, all of the stuff is about putting systems in place that work so I don't have to. But that doesn't mean I want to be lazy. What I really want to do is I want to spend my time doing what I really enjoy the most, which is meeting cool people. I love having conversations with cool people across the globe. What as a speaker, when I speak at events, I'm not known as much for my presentation as I am for gathering 10 or 15 people afterwards and going and having dinner and having a really good time getting to know each other. And that's, to me, that's powerful because relationships are the key. And we have all this technology that gives us the ability to connect with people all over the globe. It's not uncommon for me to talk to three people on three different continents in the same day, yet we're more disconnected than we've ever been. And that's something we have to fix. And so for me personally, that's what I do. The Me Cool People movement is actually, that's what it's geared for. It's something to to say, we can make better connections. Go back to the days when we were small businesses and small communities where if you were going to have a barbecue, you went to Bob the Butcher because you knew Bob the Butcher for you grew up with him and your kids go to the same school as his kids. And you know, he's going to give you the best meat because he's going to come over for the barbecue too. I want to go back to that type of relationship. And it's definitely possible. I have friends who it just blows me away. So so how powerful some of the friendships I have and some of the people that I know, very popular, very famous people that are in my phone, that are in my Rolodex. And it's all about just having a relationship, having a friendship with them and getting to know that I know if I actually had a question and I needed help, I can reach out to them and ask that question. And they know that they could do the same with me. That's That's what's powerful. Great stuff. And how can people reach out to you? Definitely. Thank you for that. Connectwitheli.com. And it is Eli, E-L-Y, connectwitheli.com. From there, you can find out more about me. I got some cool stuff for free. You can also find all of my social media links right there on that site. It's kind of a hub for everything else that I do. One thing that's really important, I love to get connected to people. The whole meet cool people thing is true. I love to meet cool people. I'll even book a call with you. There's a spot on there where you can just book a chat with me and its entire purpose is literally for us to have a conversation. It's not a sales pitch. If you feel that you want to talk about that, that's cool, but that's not what it's about. But here's the most important thing. If you want to reach out to me, especially in social media, hit that friend request button and then send me a message saying that you heard me on the show. That is critical because I will tell you, I get no less than 10 friend requests every single day. And some of them, a lot of them tend to get put on hold for a few days because I don't know who they are and I'm a busy guy. But if you do that and you send me a message that says you heard me on this show, And maybe if if there was something that was your aha moment that I said today, you're definitely going to the top of the list and we will have a conversation within 24 hours. Great stuff. Eli, thank you so much 
for joining us on the conference room. It's been an absolute joy to chat to you. I've certainly learned an awful lot. I'll be certainly looking out for emails that reference pop culture references or come in every Monday and uh, putting them to the bottom of the pile and uh, perhaps even improving our own internal e-marketing here. So Eli, Delaney, thank you so much for joining us here on the conference room. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's my pleasure. I love doing this. If there's anything I can do to help you out, reach out and let me know. Thank you. Coming up next week on the conference room, I'll be talking to international communication leadership and public speaking expert, Melanie Wood. Start using video content around things that you enjoy doing. Like if you're out at the beach or you're at the gym or you're out with friends, just start being able to take a video and put it somewhere. So really using things that are really simple to get people really comfortable doing those things. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure you visit our website, theconferenceroompodcast.com, where you can find all the show notes, plus links to the resources mentioned during the podcast. If you enjoyed listening to this, make sure you subscribe so that you're always the first to know when each episode is released. Also, please take the time to review the podcast so the more people who want to grow their businesses can find us. To talk about this or any other podcast, or in fact, anything business-related whatsoever, find me on Twitter, at Simon Lader, or you can find me by searching for Simon Lader or Silesia Academy on Facebook or on LinkedIn. I'm always open to a conversation. Thanks for listening to the conference room. Until next time, keep talking.